<coughs> hey, happy Tuesday. Let's start with a prayer. So grateful, so thankful to join together in the love of God, reveling in our spiritual connection with each other, with the Holy Spirit, with life itself. So grateful and so thankful for this healing conversation, this divine dialogue. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts to the highest and best possibilities for our life, for our very being. So grateful and so thankful to consciously attune to the love of God, to represent, to represent the love of God. I know that our time together is healing, it's nourishing, it's uplifting and inspiring, and for this I am grateful. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. So, uh, first off, I would just like to make a, an announcement that the ministry has hired Lori Gifford right there in the, the purple room with the purple sweater on, uh, or so that it seems purple, um, to, uh, to support the spiritual counselor program and to be that contact point for information, for facilitating what's necessary for your certification and uh, the smooth running of the program. So she, of course, you can always go to me, always email me directly at mlc at jenniferhadley.com. Uh, but for more logistical things, uh, the, Lori is going to be your contact person. And uh, I'm very glad about that, very grateful and excited for that. And um, Lori, is there anything you'd like to say to everybody right now? I'm just really grateful to be able to help with this position, and I'm just so looking forward to helping out. So thank you. Me too. Me too, me too. And... Um, yeah, so you can look for announcements and things like that from Lori as well. Um, while I'm thinking of it, I would like to announce that um, I'm pretty certain that I am going to do, probably with John Mundy, another teaching training uh and um, what I learned from the one that Lori attended and Carla attended last uh, August, which was five days and four nights, that it wasn't enough time. We really could have used some more time. So I think we're going to do uh, uh, two extra nights. So it'll be almost a, a whole week, six six nights seven days uh i think that that will really be fruitful and fun we had a lot of fun too and 
uh, and I'd like to follow up with the people who did attend that. And uh, I'm going to ask you for your help with that as well, Lori. And um, uh, Carla, I'm going to be talking with you about the newsletter. So look forward to that uh, coming up. And um, I'm getting caught up on admin after my week in Mexico and then uh, the holidays because I really was off email on the holidays. So um, and then the other th and so that training is probably going to be something like March 15th to the 20th, something like that. Uh, and it'll be in uh, up uh, near Poughkeepsie, New York. And uh, I'm looking at following that with a four or five night, um, probably a four night retreat, a healing retreat uh, focused on forgiveness, A Course in Miracles and Kundalini Yoga. And John Mundy, Lisa Natoli, Corinne Zepko, and... Um, maybe one or two other people that you're, you don't know, uh, who are more Kundalini and other things that we're all going to join together for that retreat. So they're going to be back to back, uh, for those who wish to come for the whole 10 days. So, um, yeah. And then for those who already did the teacher, that teacher training, if you'd like to come back and do, uh, uh, repeat at a steep discount that, that would be available to people too. So just mentioning those so you can plan. So that would be something like March 15th to the 25th um, next year. It's like a Thursday to a Sunday, something like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really beautiful, nice resort up there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I did this thing with my, my window just now. I hit the wrong thing, and now I don't know how to. Oh, there we go. Okay. So who's got a question, something uh, with your client, some, uh, something you'd like some support with? Any questions about working with clients? Has anybody had any wonderful experiences working with clients that you could share and inspire us with? Well, Carla, you unmuted, and Lori, you raised your hand, so I'm not sure what's happening. Go ahead, Lori. <laughs> I was pointing to Carla, and she was pointing to me. <laughs> um, I was able to do a session with somebody on Saturday, and she came to me and started sharing, and I was listening. And I was led, one of the first things she said was, 
um, what spirit brought my attention to was I don't know how to feel emotions and I blame my little girl in me for allowing herself to be raped. So those were two things that stuck out to me. And so she was talking for a while. And so I was just led to have her close her eyes. And I said, I want you to imagine looking at your six or seven year old self right now. And I said, I just nod your head when she's in front of you. And she nodded her head. And I was just shown this beautiful process with her where she was holding the hands of her. And I said, now imagine that she's looking in your eyes with all the innocence in the world. And her question to you is, why do you blame me? And it was just, that was the only thing that came through me. And all of a sudden she just started sharing and talking. And I just listened for the rest of the, I think it was like an hour and a half. And um, afterwards she said, thank you so much. I feel so much more grounded. And um, she also um, wanted to talk to her teenage self too. So it was really interesting. I didn't expect how it showed up, but I just let let myself go with it. And um, and she even sent me a text. It was either a text or an email this morning thanking me. So, um, but I could feel it when it happened. It was so visceral in how she left and how she showed up. So I was just really grateful that I listened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a beautiful example, Lori. It really is. And I've definitely had experiences of a similar nature where spirit guides me to do something I've never done before, never thought about before. And um, there's There's so much value in really being able to discern that vibration of the guidance. That's the best way that I know to articulate it because for me, spirit's guidance has a certain vibration. Uh, you could call it a tenor, a tone that is different from what I would call my own thoughts. It's a higher vibration. And that's what we're all learning to pay more attention to, to stay more connected with. And every one of us pretty much takes a journey of questioning is this actually guidance? Am I making this stuff up? Right? Don't we all have that journey? 
and how do we know the difference? And it really is just becoming familiar with that, that vibration. And one of the things that helps is the more we can eliminate thinking we have to figure anything out, that we have to understand it or know how to help people. It's really not about us knowing anything in advance about being super, super present in the moment. That really is the key to being helpful because spirit will guide us if we are really willing. And so that's a really great example of doing that, Lori. How did it feel to you at the time? Like part of me was stepping off a cliff, like what? Oh, okay. You know, it wasn't that part of me that wants to fix it will shows up kind of in my head. Like, here's the answer. Ta-da. And the part of me that shows up that the spirit coming through makes me go, really? Like, just for a split second, and then st- I step into it, and that's how I know if it if it um, if it doesn't come if it comes from a knowingness rather than a I know the answer. That makes sense. Mhm. Mhm. Um, and during her long sharing. What, uh, how were you feeling? What was happening in, from your perspective during that? You know, it was, it was interesting because for most of it, I was just sitting there just receiving. And that's what it felt like. You know, there were a couple of moments when I had the, I'm hungry for lunch. And I had to go, let that go and just tune back in, you know, little, little everyday life things would. And the, the interesting part is when she was getting really emotional, my dog jumped up and wanted to crawl into her lap and he's like 80 pounds. And in the past I would have like stopped it, but I just kind of something said, just, just let it go and she just started laughing like a little girl and saying, this is exactly what I needed. And I was like, okay. It was, it was like time fell away. I wasn't even aware of how long we were, we were disconnected. Um, yeah. I mean, I had a very opposite experience Monday <laughs> but um of of one that I very much a uh, session I very much resisted and I was I could feel like I was very in my ego so um I'm just grateful to have gotten to experience both different kinds of sessions mm-hmm. yeah great 
Yeah, thank you for that example. Yeah, thank you. Carla, did you still want to share something? No. All right. Anybody else have a thought of something you'd like to share about and or anything really? I will. Okay. It doesn't wasn't what I was going to share, but I think I was listening to Lori and I realized and what I, I, I don't know how to express it, but feeling spirit, when you talk about the tenor, the tone, the sense, the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, Almost like a flavor, right? That's what I perceive it's like a flavor of life or something. And um, sometimes what I discover is when I try to reach for that, it's like water through my hands. But when I just am, it seems to flow and it flow. And I, I guess this is ego, but I'm like, <sighs> something is still wanting to reach right now. <laughs> right now. I can feel it. Wanting something to know something more. And I know that's ego. So. I don't know what you just heard in that. Maybe you can just respond. I trust however you respond. However, it'd be exactly what I need to hear. So what comes up for you? Well, uh, there's nothing really that's coming up. And, oh, I thought I muted myself. So maybe that's exactly what I need to hear. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's about being so present with people. And one of the most common things that people have is uh, either they feel like they're too emotional um, because some people uh, cry a lot and um, express a lot of emotion and they sometimes feel like they're too emotional because they're more expressive than other people and uh, that's their own self-judgment and then uh, uh, Far more people, though, feel that their emotions are repressed and that they don't actually feel things. And I think that they're right in a lot of ways, that they have uh, shut down in a lot of ways their, their feeling body, their emotional body, because something or some series of things have happened to them that they've been... Um, frightened or traumatized or overwhelmed 
And so they've cut themselves off from their emotions. And that was me. I was definitely very cut off from all emotions except for anger, irritation, frustration, which is that expression of fear and hurt and confusion. And um, I, I personally made a decision to allow myself to feel my feelings and to let myself, uh, to me, it felt like I had locked uh, all those emotions in a closet and that they had fermented in some way. They were growing and fermenting and expanding. And that if I opened the door to that closet, that it would just overwhelm me. That was my fear, that I would be consumed and overwhelmed by emotion. And, uh, but I decided to risk it because I realized, and this is a critical thing for you folks as counselors, if we block the sadness and the hurt and we don't feel it, can we still feel the joy? We can't. It's just not how we're designed. We're not designed to be able to selectively block certain emotions and let others flow. It doesn't work that way. So, and I don't really think of joy necessarily as an emotion, but it can be expressed as an emotion. So I think of joy as a spiritual quality that we can experience more or less of, but it's part of our true nature. So the joy, the harmony, the peace, the freedom, all of these spiritual qualities, part of our divine nature, but we will feel cut off from them and experiencing them and expressing them if we are working to hold our emotions at bay. So one of the things I've seen and learned from doing these classes over the years and as a spiritual counselor too, is that, and, and you've, you've all heard this and we've talked about it many, 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 many times, but emotions are the indicator, that divine alarm clock of what we're really thinking about, what we're really believing. So I'm never upset for the reason I think, I'm always upset when I'm making a negative meaning or interpretation of things. I'm um, upset when I'm revisiting uh, the past through projecting it onto the experience I'm having now, right? I'm getting triggered into the opportunity to heal uh, unexpressed, unresolved uh, things from the past are getting triggered now, it's my healing opportunity, but if my habit is to suppress it, I won't have my healing. So this is why over and over and over again in my classes, I'm constantly reminding people that being able to recognize how we feel is one of the great gifts that we have for our spiritual awakening. Because if we are numb to how we feel, we, we can't really say that, oh, the energy has shifted and I need to partner up again. 
if I'm if I'm numb to how I feel, how will I know when I have disconnected from spirit or reconnected to spirit? You see, and one of the things that people ask for help the most with is, or people, when I uh, talk with people in one-on-ones in Masterful Living, and I ask them, as I do every year in the first one-on-one, what inspired you to take Masterful Living at this time? Uh, And a lot of times I'll even ask year two, three, such a pathway people, what is it that is motivating you at this time to be in this class? And especially new folks will say uh, many times, I wanted to feel more connected to spirit. So they want to feel more connected to spirit. They don't want to think more connected to spirit, right? Because they know it's not thinking. We don't think our connection to spirit. We feel it. And we don't feel it with our physical body, although sometimes it seems like we do, because when there's energetic shifts in our chakras, like our heart opening, right? Haven't we all felt a heart opening that can feel like we're having open heart surgery and they've cut the middle and they're wrenching open with some vice, like, oh my God, I used to feel that. Like, oh my God, my heart is opening so much. And uh, something, and just now I'm actually kind of revisiting that feeling, thinking about it, talking about it. Um, So it seems like we're feeling things in our chakras. It's, it feels visceral very visceral at times. And so people have this dichotomy of uh, experiences with their feelings, that their emotions are overwhelming to them, and yet they'd like to feel harmonious. They'd like to feel in balance. They'd like to feel prosperous. They'd like to feel loving. They'd like to feel all these wonderful things and the way to it is actually to clear the pipes by whenever we get triggered allowing ourselves to feel it in a way that is helpful and healing so that's one of the things that we help our clients do so Lori's example is a good one where she gave her client permission and support to feel her feelings, right? It's a lot of what people come to spiritual counseling for. They're afraid to feel their feelings on their own. That was certainly me. I was definitely afraid to feel them on my own because I thought I would go into such a state that I could literally end up stuck there because I had repressed so much. And it, my feelings were so, my emotions were so overwhelming to me. I really wanted somebody to be there to support me and help me stay, um, help me to keep from going hysterical. Because when I was younger, I used to get hysterical, literally hysterical. So, um, and, and there's so much programming that people have as children 
from their family that their emotions are not good. Their emotions are bad and their emotions are not desirable. Their emotions are unwanted. They're a sign of weakness. They will be punishable and, um, and they make us unlovable. Can anybody just, can you think of an example uh, briefly, something that was said to you to discourage you from expressing your emotions? Just, can you just give a quick share? What, what was it you were told? Laura, you want to go first? Children should be seen and not heard. And your family told you that? It was my dad's mantra. Yeah, wow. Patricia? I was constantly told that I was hypersensitive. And, and of course, from a young age, you learn to say, you say that like it's a bad thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Who else raised their hand? Catherine? It's not working for me, sorry. I just don't, I've asked them to, I've asked this Rico to try and figure out why I can't unmute people. I got it. <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. Yeah, um, my father used to say all the time, um, cry and I'll give you something to cry about. So I taught myself not to cry ever. It, it took me a long time until I could finally let myself just cry. Yeah. And then it really came. Yeah. It came in buckets. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you're, you're balanced now? Yes, very much so. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? It, it is. It's, it's terrific. And, and I, I so appreciate that learning that feelings don't need to be judged, good or bad. They're just what they are. Exactly. They're yeah. the byproduct of our perceptions. Mm -hmm. You know, they're triggered by our perceptions. And just before we go to the next person, so... Catherine, do you think that your father was told that as a child? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he, it, I mean, he was a German, you know, straight laced, like never show emotion. And I tried to teach myself the same thing. You know, it was like back in the day, it was that commercial, never let them see you sweat. Right. So don't ever let anybody know you don't, feel right or you're uncomfortable or yeah 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 big boys don't cry mm -hmm. and, and laurie what about your dad do you think your dad that that was drilled into him when he was a child without a doubt yeah yeah sue did you raise your hand no rieko did you raise your hand yes um I got a lot of uh, stop crying and it's nothing to be upset about. 
See, don't you wish as a child that when they said there's nothing to be upset about that you could have said, what do you th why do you think I'm upset? If there's nothing to be upset about, do you think I'm, something's wrong with me, that I'm deranged? And my, my, um, my sarcastic ego wants to say, go over to the parent who's upset when you, you want to have, you don't want to do what they want you to do. Say, there's nothing for you to be upset about. I just don't want to do what you want me to do. Why are you upset? There's nothing to be upset about. Right? Ugh. Yeah, I actually don't remember getting any kind of positive reinforcement when I expressed emotions of any kind other than positive. I remember years ago, my friends had a new baby and they had another child and they were both working parents who had very intense jobs. And um, the it was like they had a five-year-old and a one and a half year old or something and the one and a half year old was really acting up and they were in a restaurant and the five-year-old very quietly just said i feel angry and the parents were like whoa but they gave him a lot of praise for being able to say how he felt you know did you have your hand up jenny um, I was, the things I can remember are, um, I can't, I can't, I can't handle your anger. I don't even know if anger was said, but it was like, this was the, no, no, can't deal with that. Right. And, um, but the other memories are more like things not being said. So just like I'd express emotion and there'd just be no, no response, like, and then I just feel like I was just being watched helplessly. And that's kind of my part of my feeling around not wanting to feel emotions is just I, I don't like that feeling of feeling alone and, and or like being watched helplessly like that. There's, you know, so that's kind of when something's not said. Um, that was part of my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a great deal of sense. Carly, you're raising your hand. And I wasn't sure if Patricia raised her hand. I saw Araba raised her hand. Carly, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I don't remember. this. My father shut down all feelings. So when I left the house... I had, I think I had relationships where I started try, I started having feelings come up, right? And this is what I was told. This is what came to my mind whenever you shared that I am too intense, too whatever. That was a very popular word. Too something. Who here is too intense? Or used to be that your family said you were too intense. Okay, so not Catherine, not Sue, but the rest of us. 
too intense. Yeah, so what do we, what, what's the meaning we make of that? You're too intense. There's no reason for you to be upset. Sue. I can't unmute you though. You gotta unmute yourself, sorry. My family was just the opposite. Everybody was upset. <laughs> and and uh, my mother was very upset. And, and you know, you, it was like you walk in the house and you could feel it. <laughs> and um, my dad, when he was upset, he would just explode, you know, all over the place. Mm. But my mother held it all inside, and it was palpable. And and it was like you had to walk on eggs, so you didn't get to be the brunt of it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, you learn to hide, right? Yeah. You learn to be invisible. Put on your Harry Potter cloaking device, get under the radar so that you won't be get have all that directed at you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you live in a house like that, Sue, there's no room for your emotion. No. All airspace has already been consumed. But my sister, she didn't she didn't buy into that. Right. She, you know, I, I wish I had a nickel for every time she stomped up the stairs. <laughs> and it was so cute. You know, she was this little girl. And, and she just let everybody know how it was. <laughs> so it's interesting that we're, you know, we're a lot alike. Right. But in that way, we were different. Right. Well, who's older? I am. Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. So birth order plays a big part in things. And I would I would guess that there's some dynamic there that influenced you both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. Mm -hmm. Araba, do you want to share? Would you like to share? You had your hand up before. I didn't. I don't know if it was about this or something else. Thank you. Um, originally I was going to share, but everything's been sad. Mm -hmm. Flex so much of my own experience. Mm -hmm. And earlier on in the call, when you asked about questions and, um, challenges not I don't think you use that word but um, that's what I heard um, 
I, I had posted while Colorado was talking just about my own experience as a freedom facilitator and what I'm seeing in myself as I'm doing this process. So the thing is not to judge yourself and to be grateful that it's coming up for healing. To really learn to be masterful at that. Oh, look at this. It's coming up for healing. You know, even if, and I, I say this jokingly, but even if you suddenly find yourself with a knife in your hand and you're thinking of stabbing somebody, like, oh, look at this. Something's coming up for healing. You know, I feel like killing someone. Oh, look at that. Okay. You know, instead of taking it so, so seriously, um, that that's being able to turn that energy that, because, and that's what non-judgment does. It allows us to look at things more objectively, less subjectively, less through the lens of our history, and then we can laugh at it more because our... Um, our dignity does not depend upon it. Our worth does not depend upon it. Um, our intelligence does not depend upon it. Because, oh, I think that's my phone going off somewhere. Forgive me. It's going to keep ringing. Sorry about that. I left my phone downstairs and the alarm went off. Um, yeah, our self-esteem gets to the point where any little thing is too much. Any little error that we've made. Any little misperception is too much and it starts to cause a meltdown that we we can never do this, that we're always wrong, we're always bad. Very, very common pattern. I had that so strongly, so, so strongly and, and I really 
helped myself so much by learning to be lighthearted about it and to practice non-judgment. Because, you know, uh, like Carla, you've been a facilitator for a long time. Sue, you've been doing things for decades as a teacher and a minister and a counselor. And Rieko, you've been a facilitator for some time now. And and Jenny and and Lori and and others in the program. And it's a constant process of realizing that, oh, you didn't understand correctly what was going on, you misperceived, or you could have been more helpful, or your own projections and stuff got on the way. It's just a constant stream of learning through that. And that's why self-forgiveness is our number one tool. And other people trigger that so that we will actually practice the self-forgiveness. So the experience that you're having, Arba, isn't a failure or something wrong. It's actually, it's a heal, part of the healing process. Any of you like to share your own experience with that? Finding that you're, you're um, wanting to be helpful versus actually being helpful, that you um, are, you, you know, would find yourself very self-critical doing that, anybody? Rieko? I recently had a session in which for the first time the session did not feel complete at the end of it. I, I did not feel like the client had the aha moment right. or a shift in perception. Yeah. And I felt a lot of self judgment after the session, um, like tracing back what I said or heard or mm-hmm. and wishing I had done differently but I could honestly say that I went into it with my best intentions, partnering up with spirit and constant letting go of any judgment that came. I, I, I am so sure by now that I, I like Rieko did the best she could. Um, and so I wrote in my self evaluation that I'm, I don't think the client had an aha moment. Like I honestly wrote all of that. And the next day the client gave me the feedback form, which was pretty detailed. And then she she wrote in very like detailed terms that like how she found the session to be really helpful. And I mean, and then the part of me was like, of course, uh, she's just trying to be nice. Right. Like that's, (laughs) that's, that's, uh, you know, um, what the ego does, but I just, that just made me realize that I really don't know what's helpful. Um, I had this idea in my mind what an aha moment should look like that, you know, she should, uh, should, um, the client would have like a shift in energy or a moment of like emotional release or whatever ideas that I've had about this aha moment based on my past experience and what I've heard and listened to. And, and, uh, that just made me realize I really don't know what's helpful and I also don't know 
when that healing or aha moment will come, whether it'll be during the session or it'll be like weeks after. Um, I really don't know. So uh, that was a helpful, helpful experience. And also, um, I think that was my session number 68 or something like that. And by that, by the, by that time, I've had enough experience so far that it helps me take things a little more lightheartedly. Like when I first started, like every session was such a big deal. And But at that point, I was grateful that I had the awareness to like let it go very quickly when the self-judgment came up about the session to be able to say, all right, I really don't know what anything is for. I I see that um, some of my own self-judgment was like triggered and projected on the client, too. And I, I was in I was perhaps not in the um, the very present um, truly helpful place at times during the session. Um, but those are all helpful learnings and I'm just grateful for the learning and to be able to go to that place of gratitude is, uh, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great awareness to share with us, Rieko, because th- I've certainly experienced that many times that I didn't feel like the client had an aha. Uh, I don't feel responsible for whether they have an aha or not. Um, I do my my best. Uh, and I've learned not to have an attachment to their aha. Uh, but I used to definitely have an attachment to their aha. It was like an, a validation of me, their aha. Uh, but I've had enough experience now to know, like you, that uh, it's not a validation of me. <laughs> it's um, my ego would have it be that way, but no, it's not a validation of me because I know that many people are not quite willing to have an aha. Some sessions are just about people beginning to share what's going on and and just think about it more, you know, be more present to it um, without really having an aha. Um, Lori, would you say your client that you told us about, did she have an aha? A technical term here. Did she have a realization or was it more of a clearing, a, pur- a purification? It was more of a clearing and a purification. Yeah. So um, a lot of sessions are just that. And for some people, it's like it literally like putting their foot in the pool, their toe in the pool, testing the water. And just at the fact that they could go to the place where the pool is put on their bathing suit and go into the place where the pool is and put their toe in right there. That's a victory, you know, and then maybe they'll go in the shallow end and walk around a little bit next time. And it's, it can be very gradual for people. 
And then other people are completely, will come in and have an amazing breakthrough in one session. You never see them again. So this is, this is why in the spiritual counseling training intensive, the, the thing that I say the most is just remember, it's not you. You can't do it. You don't do it. And it's not about you. It's about spirit. And you're that representative of spirit. You're holding that space of knowing people's per- perfection. So that's that we learn to move out of the space of wanting something to happen to really just allowing it to to happen and not getting in the way of it not needing it to happen so that we can feel better about ourselves but we we all start where we are you know i i started with wanting to prove myself and wanting my clients to have a healing and wanting people to think wow she's really amazing she's so great she's so insightful she's so brilliant and miraculously healing and all of that now i wouldn't wish for people to think that about me because i don't want them to think that i'm the magic sauce the secret sauce right i'd like them to know that the secret sauce is pre-installed inside of them and that what i'm helping them do is recognize that but it's there's nothing magical about me. I am not the one. Uh, so that's a you know that's a that's a 180 degree turn from where I started from, and and that's just to me that's part of our the arc of of uh, our own ego transformation, and. There's nothing wrong with us moving through that arc of transformation with other people that we're facilitating and counseling and walking with. Spirit is sending them to us. Spirit is sending us to them. It's a perfect match. We have to learn to trust that. They're perfect to help us. We're perfect to help them. And that is pre-organized by spirit. That's built into the system and not to doubt that. So we can really relax and not need to make anything happen. And one of the things I'd like to share, we're about at time here, is I hear um, the most famous spiritual teachers in the world when they're teaching a group of people or when they're talking uh, in, in, in one-on-one with clients in, in front of an audience, I hear that so many super famous teachers say things like, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about that. Uh, even sometimes I, I need you to. Maybe it is a more extreme, but that I want you to, I want you to, I want you to is super common. 
is very, very common. And I have found that it, it, it just shifts the energy some to take, to really practice not saying I want and I need. And really shifting into the I'd like. And one of the things I've learned to do as a facilitator, as a teacher, as a counselor, is to say things like, what if, or why don't you, or how about if you, or let's try this. You could, or think about this now. Just being very direct. You know, it's almost like a command, but my tone is not commanding. Let's do this. So let's turn within, and I'd like you to, but a lot of times, even you'll hear me say this in class, I say it a couple times a week, I'll, I'll say things like, um, uh, what, I, what, uh, what I, I was thinking we could do in class, or what I'd like to do, and then I'll be like, is it really what I'd like to do, or is it what I'm feeling guided for us to do? You'll hear me correct myself, in class, I'll say, I'd like us to, and then I'm like, no, uh, what spirit is guiding us to. And so <clears throat> with a counseling client, if you say uh, spirit is guiding us, spirit is suggesting, that might be a little, to a lot of clients, that might be a little like, oh, what's happening here? Um, so you could just say, what I'm, I'm feeling could be helpful right now is this. And uh, rather than I want you to do this, I want you to do that. Or just commanding them. So uh, it's, a, it's a softer approach. So for me, I've learned to be soft and strong at the same time. Like, Soft and clear, leading, guiding, but with a softness. And so that want word is a trigger. I've really trained myself to, to change that, to shift it when I hear it come out of my mouth. And so I use the word want uh, specifically usually when I'm thinking of the past, like uh, in the past, oh, I just wanted this, I wanted that, right? Because that's how I felt. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. So something to be aware of when you're working with clients. And you'll start to notice that you hear all these famous teachers, and in their classes, they're saying, I'd wa I want you to do this now. And it's funny, my ego will say, really? What, what other wants do you have from us, for us? You know, how else do we need to please you? You know, if we do what you say, will your wanting be fulfilled? You know, my little ego da does a dance with it. But there's, there is a subtle, but clear difference to me in someone saying, um, uh, here's the invitation. 
Let's do this. I, that's a, another word I like to use all the time. I'd like to invite you to. It just, it feels different to me. I'd like to invite you to. I want you to. It, it feels a higher vibration. Anybody have any thoughts about that? Jenny? I think this fits with what you're saying, but when, when you were talking earlier about um, what Araba was asking about, you know, one of the things I found was sometimes people can um, trigger a sense of helplessness in me. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. And I think what you're saying is really useful because it, it puts back to that, you know, first of all, making a decision for myself. I'm not going to see this person as helpless because I know they have spirit within them and they're perfect and their journey is unfolding as it just as it needs to. Um, and, you know, then I think that those parts of inviting kind of goes with that, you know, that it's not a I want you to do this because you need my help. It's, you know, this is this is something that might be useful to you and, and your guidance will know whether that's right for you or not. Um, so I find that really really helpful about facilitating and you know even for myself just going you know I'm not helpless either I have the power of spirit within within me and and just as this person has in them so I like the suggestions because it's it's almost it's acknowledging to me that that they have their own navigation system that will that will suggest whether that's the right thing for them to do or not mm-hmm mm-hmm Exactly. Yes. And all the explaining of things in the world will not actually explain many things to many people because their consciousness isn't available to hear it in that moment. It's, and the thing is, everything is already known to everyone. It's actually known in there, in our awareness, underneath the veils that we've put up the blocks to love, right? So our complete and clear understanding of the unity of all life is just beyond our criticism and judgments about ourselves and others. It's just there, but it's that pure, pristine awareness is right there, just underneath that covering and so very often the best facilitation and the best counseling is not explaining anything it's asking questions and giving people an opportunity to come to their own clarity Like the most rock star counselor would probably be the one that just is able to sit there and be with their client knowing the absolute truth and asking the questions that Spirit's providing to help that client in that unique individual. That to me is one of the greatest things that I learned as a counselor is that if I'm willing, spirit will provide 
all that's needed. I don't have to make anything happen. And as A Course in Miracles tells, tells us, tells me, indeed, I cannot. So stop trying. And that's, that's challenging for the ego. So we, we learn to relax. And what I learned as a former control freak is that that relaxed state is my happy place. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Sue, you have to unmute yourself. Well, I, I just wanted to uh, say something about um, when, when someone is discharging their feelings, there's a lot going on in their mind. And it usually takes them back to the, the most available distress situation that they can remember. Right. And also what happens is they're, they're reevaluating. Yes. And they're, they're learning something from that. Mm-hmm. And what you said about sometimes the best thing to do is to say, what do you see in your mind? Or what, what's happening mm-hmm. um, as, you're, as you're allowing yourself to feel? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I spent five years learning reevaluation counseling, which, which is you just contradict the person's distress. And I've seen you do it. Can just you give an example? When you were talking about your nephew and um, he did something. Oh, yeah, with the rocket. Right. And you just had him tell the story over and over until he said, I'm done with that. Yeah. And that allows so much to happen that you may you may never know right what that person learned from the experience. But when they're just discharging the emotion, it's happening. Yes. It has to happen. Yeah, a lot really does get caught in our field in a way and uh, we do it is helpful to discharge it and there are many ways to discharge it because and I I really will will always come back to let's give that heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences of my wrong decision so that we can really practice that, really live that, because that to me is one of the greatest teachings in A Course Miracles, that the Holy Spirit will support us according to the desire of our heart. You know, and the way this universe works, that even if 
the desire of our, not our heart, but our ego is to punish someone or to be vindicated or to exact revenge. Uh, like in, in Lorna Burns book, I think uh, in the angels in my hair book to me, one of the powerful lessons in there is about those bombers, right? The, the people who were, uh, who ended up um, killing the, the her coworker um, that the the angels were saying to her to pray and pray mightily that the, the bombers would listen to the angels but the angels said to her because um, she was saying why can't you do more and they said well you know, we're doing everything we can do, but these people have free will. They have free will to do what they choose to do. And if they don't want to listen to the the loving voice of the angels and they want to follow through on that um, act of violence, they have the right to do so in this world. You know, and then, of course, they'll experience all those repercussions, Right. And that's how they're choosing to learn. But the Holy Spirit can undo all the consequences of our wrong decisions. And proving that is so liberating. Because we, we have this core belief that we're bad, that we're guilty, that we should be punished. And um, it's just not true. It's just not true. And the only way that we can really give that up is to truly give it up to spirit for healing. To really say, I'm not interested in it anymore. But we've made it all so real that we can't even conceive that we could just say, you know what, I'm done with thinking I'm an idiot. I'm done with thinking I'm not good enough. I'm done with thinking I'm bad and wrong. We still, you know, it's still in the human race consciousness that we have to atone for our sins, that we have to earn uh, good stuff, we have to work hard for it. All these thoughts are still so strong in the human race consciousness. So what we're doing as spiritual counselors and spiritual students is it's very radical in this world. It's completely radical. Spirituality, true spirituality is so radical. And this is how we undo this belief that this world is real. And you really begin to feel a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So sitting with someone and supporting them making that journey is it's beautiful, sacred work. And it's uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep coming back to it's okay to learn on the job. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You know, even uh, brain surgeons have to learn on the job. So... Spirit's got it all worked out perfectly. 
And as I, I usually say in the intensive, I, I feel like I learned far more from my clients than they learned from me. But I saw that that's the way spirit intended it to be. There it rhymes. So spirit, uh, when spirit rhymes, I, I know it's, it's uh, pure from spirit. Not that it has to rhyme, but it's like a little gift. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, have you all seen the movie The Shack? If you haven't seen the movie The Shack, I encourage you to see it. It's easy enough to, to see. I do encourage you to see it. All right, let's pray. So grateful, so thankful to join together in the high vibration of perfect love, to be in this partnership, this walk with God, a closer walk with Thee. We are grateful and thankful to bless all our clients past, present, and future, and to know that those who come to us are sent by spirit because we are the perfect ones to sit with them. They are the perfect ones to sit with us. And we are grateful and thankful to be present to the spirit, to learn and grow through all of our experiences and to lay the burdens down. We're grateful and thankful to open in our awareness to the pure love of God, always present, omnipresent, omniactive, in our heart, our mind, our life, our conversations and our activities. We are grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful and thankful to joyfully allow the healing to be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Always great to be with you. Mwah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And have